0: Today's scriptures from Genesis 2, verses 18 to 25. Now the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame.
1: Well, good morning. I wanted to share with you a little story of my life. When I was 21 years old, I was a senior at Westmont College. And I was beginning that final year, and I sat in my dormitory room at 21, alone. Very alone. This is part of the sermon where I need you to kind of dive in with me. So that part's where you're supposed to go, aw. Okay. So we'll try this again. Okay, I'll cue you. Are you ready? And I was in my dormitory alone. Very alone. Thank you. Thank you. Way to share the grief and the struggle. And so I went, I was going to be an RA, a resident assistant, for a bunch of freshmen. And I walked, moped was more of the term, into the meeting hall to begin our training as RAs. I could really care less. But as I lifted my head up with the last little bit of strength I had, There, <laughs> oh yeah, hold on. There before me was a vision of God. This beautiful woman across the room sitting in a chair who was to be an RA as well. It was just an amazing gift, and all of a sudden there was this magnetic pool like being locked into the tractor beam of the Death Star. <laughs> As I was drawn near her, I had heard that they called this one Kina. <laughs> and so I walked up to her, and I said, hello. My name is Rod. Rod. I was interested if you wanted to spend some time and she put up her hand to my lips with a tear in her eye and she said, you had me at hello. True story. I told my best buddy, Eric, three months after we began this encounter, I said, this is the one. This is the one. I have no doubt in my mind. She is an amazing woman who loves the Lord with all of her might. She is hot, beautiful. Truly, I was just attracted to her like you wouldn't believe. I loved our time together and our communication that drew our hearts together. And I knew that she was the one. So in June 23rd, 1990, at Peninsula Bible Church, Keenan and I gathered as my dad led us in a ceremony to bring us together in marriage. And my words to her were few in my vows. I said, Kina, you complete me. (laughs) She really did. And so 18 years later, as I look at my beautiful bride, the truth of all this story is I say nothing but thank you, God, Thank you, God, for the creation of woman, for the creation of Kina, and the gift of marriage that you have given to me and to her as we begin our lives together and have had this journey for 18 years. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. This wonderful creation of marriage that God began from the very beginning in the foundations of His creation that He would create marriage. And we're going to spend five weeks as a body walking through together what it looks like to enter into this beautiful creation of God, this covenant of marriage. These messages that are coming up are, are not just for married people, but for single people, for those in the middle of their marriage, for those, again, longing to be married. It's for everybody, wherever you're at, in the journey of life. And so may God minister to you through His Word as we see His creation, this beautiful covenant of marriage that He gave us. At the end of Genesis 1, 131 says this, And God saw all that he had created, and it was very good. It was very good. And as we dive into chapter 2 and what we see as we begin at verse 18, the Lord God says, it is not good. Now think about it for a minute. Here is sinless man, Adam, in perfect fellowship with God, in a perfect environment with God. And you ask yourselves, what more could you possibly want? Isn't this enough, according to the creator of the universe and the creator of you and me? God's evaluation was that man needed a human companion that would truly come by his side and be the fulfillment of the creation of mankind. Male and female, he created them. It was not good. The Hebrew is stronger than that. It was very bad. It was very bad. This is not what I intended. And so therefore, I will make a helper that is suitable to him. I will make someone who will bring him chips and a beverage during the Bronco games. And we joke about the word helper. The helper has a a terrible feeling to it. It's kind of a sour taste, especially for women. That that word would be thrown upon these beautiful women that God created, the helpmate. And we often, the world is often thrown at that, that it is, it's our servant, someone to take care of us. And what we're going to find as we dive into this chapter, we'll look very closely at the word helpmate. I really want you to take time with me to think through what that means in your marriage. To think through what that means about who you might become if you become a wife. What it means as a husband to value what is called your helpmate. But I'm going to let you just sit with it for a little bit, and we'll dive in as we dig through the Scriptures. What is going on right in the beginning is God says it is not good for man to be alone. And so you kind of expect, as he says that in verse 218, that God is now going to say, Okay, so here's what I'm going to do for you. And you go, Lord, okay, it is not good for man to be alone. Therefore, make it good. Now transition things around, God, because you're a good God. And all of a sudden, what we see is God starts bringing all of these animals, and he's making all these animals, and here's what he brings before Adam. And you go, whoa, wait a second, God. And so here comes the giraffes. And he starts to name them, and he sees the giraffes are spending time together, and Here comes the hippo. And the hippos are hanging out. And all of a sudden they come and they are male and female and they start to spend time together. And Adam is watching this. And it is not good. He's naming these animals and he's going, there's more. And so you can picture Adam in the garden as he is going, wait, I'm watching everybody hook up. All these animals hook up. And so Adam starts to kind of go, yoo hoo, yoo hoo. And he hears off in the distance, (laughs) moo. It's not working for him. And begins the struggle. And as we study the text, you go, wait a second. Why did God... Here God says very strongly, again, it's very bad that man is alone. Therefore I give him the animals. And you go, why would God have Adam spend this time with just the animals and naming them? What is God doing here in the middle of something that he views as very bad? I think a couple things are going on. I think one is that God really just enjoyed his creation of Adam. I think he just loved to spend time with Adam. We don't know what the gap was between the creation of Adam and Eve, but there was time there where he was alone And can you imagine, do you ever just think, what did God and Adam talk about? What was that relationship like? What was their time together as they journeyed and walked through the garden together? I think for the Lord, it was just, again, we are his beloved children. I think it was just a delight. I think at the same time, Adam was really learning to enjoy God and to understand what it meant to have a creator and one who wanted to lead his life. We looked last week at made in the image of God, male and female. Male in the Hebrew is zakar, which means remembering one. Husbands, male, you are called to be remembering one. And so I think maybe part of that time was, Adam, here's the truths about me and my character. You are made in my image. I want you to live out my image. Let me share with you who I am and what I'm all about. Would you remember these things about me? Elohim, creator. I think the other reason that... Adam was left in the garden by himself with just the animals. And I think this is more the reason. Is I think Adam was with the animals, and God was allowing Adam to finally realize his incredible need for one who would be a helpmate suitable, fitting, completing him. I don't think Adam had any sense of that he was in need until all of a sudden the animals started showing up together. And I love from the very beginning of time that this incredible need that we have for relationship and for one who will fulfill us, complete us, be our satisfaction as a human companion in this covenant that we are talking about of marriage. Before God, I love how God steps right into the need. And actually, I believe God created the need and the longing. And the way that the Lord always works in our lives, which we see from the foundation of time, is that God knows your need. Why do you worry about tomorrow? Look at the birds of the sky and the lilies of the field. Look how I clothe these lilies in all this splendor. Look at the birds of the sky. I feed them. They do not worry. And what he says is, don't you know how much more valuable you are than these things? Don't you know I know your need? Your need for a job? Don't you know I know your longing for companionship? Don't you know I understand these things? And how much more valuable are you than all this other creation? My dear children of God, I meet your need and I know it full well. Allow God to minister to you that he knows your need. And I love right in the middle of it that he creates, allows this desire Created that way and again blesses out of his love this creation of woman to meet where Adam is at. And so now in the scriptures they speak and I put him into sleep. And basically what I think that's saying is now Adam, now dear saints, would you rest in me? You know what, single people in this body? I don't know where God is going to take you in the journey of marriage, if you will be married someday or not. I know for many of you it's an incredible longing of your heart. I think it's a God-given longing. I know one thing that the Lord is saying to you as you wait and as you wrestle with the Lord and, and trying to understand, I want to be with someone. I think he is saying, would you rest in me? Would you let me meet your need? Me as the Lord, would I be your satisfaction? And if it is in the will of the Lord, I will bring you together with one in the covenant of marriage. Would you rest in who I am? Would you rest in me? that we wouldn't force it to happen. And I think that's what happens a lot today. We're, we're seeing a lot of, again, there's, there's all the e-harmony, and every, there's all kinds of ways to try to connect you with people. Because you, there's a longing there, and everybody's trying to go, well, if, if it's just not happening, I've got to make it happen. Could you imagine if Adam did that? What if Adam's just getting fed up with God? He's like, listen, Lord, you know my desires. You know my need. There's nothing but hippos and giraffes here. This isn't working out for me. Therefore, I'm going to go out. I'm going to start to wander around. I'm going to find someone. And so he starts to journey off, taking everything into his own hands. And he ends up finding something that looks sort of similar. A little bit hairy. (laughs) But I think that's what happens, truly. We try to make relationship come together. We try to make companionship come together because God isn't doing what you expected Him to do. And a lot of times when you pursue that in your own strength and in your own journey without inviting God into that process, you literally end up with an ape. Don't you? You end up with an ape. You go, ah, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't the fulfillment. You end up with something outside of what God wanted for you. You're not resting in Him. And so I want to encourage you in the Lord to rest. Allow Him to meet your needs. He knows them. Allow allow Him to fulfill you. Matthew 11. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. I am humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. It's a burden. It feels heavy many times as you wait upon the Lord for that one who would be the one to come by your side and Share life together in the covenant of marriage. But the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He is the one who makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes us rest. And He leads me beside quiet waters. He does restore my soul. And surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so while he was sleeping, here's our beautiful Lord, fashioning, taking time. The Hebrew is really clear. Well, a lot of process into building, to making, again, fashion like a sculptor takes pottery because he knew exactly where Adam was at. Adam, trust me, as I bring and I make one of my great creations of all. I hope, husbands, that as you look at your brides, that you realize again how God met your need in this beautiful creation of what we call woman and what you call wife. How God heard the cry of your heart as you long to be connected in the covenant of marriage before God. And that while you were sleeping, he took care of that for you. And he fashioned her. And he brought her to the man. It's like many a ceremony that I've done here at this church. And like the father of the bride, as he brings this beautiful daughter, this bride, down this aisle, And here is man with me, most of the time in tears and shaking like you wouldn't believe, as they realize God brought her to me. The gift of marriage, beautiful and in covenant and before the Lord. And that Adam, as he waited alone, finally... It was a realization of how thankful I am. I understand my need in God. You have filled it, and I am nothing but thankful to You, O God. And he breaks out in this poetic poem, a song, You are bone of my bone. You, you, you are flesh of my flesh. You come from my side. They have discovered that this poem was put into a Hebrew song that actually was sung, and they've recently translated that song so that we might understand it. We found an ancient uh, manuscript translated for you. And as Adam awoke, he sang this song. Pretty woman Walking down the street Pretty woman The kind I like to meet Pretty woman is right. <laughs> bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, you shall be called woman, Isha, out of Ish, out of me. And so is the first ceremony of marriage that we see in the Scriptures, where Moses responds to saying, this is why a man leaves his mother and father and cleaves together. And while he was sleeping, he brought her to him and begins the one, this wonderful gift of wife, woman. He brings to him woman made in the image of God, and he calls her a helpmate suitable for him. This is where I want you to take a lot of notes, okay? Truly. This is where, again, the world has just destroyed this beautiful picture of helpmate. I do not want you to miss the gift that God has given that while we were sleeping, God fashioned this beautiful, in the Hebrew, "azer." 21 times in the Old Testament, we see this word. Almost every single time... It is a reference to God, to His character, to His being, to His power, to His saving work. It is a reference to God. Woman, in the role of wife, lives out in in perfection and and most God-like in the image of God when she plays the role of Azer. Of helpmate. How did Moses understand this word? How did he use it in scriptures? Exodus 18 it says, And Moses took his other child and named him Eliezer. He said, For my father's God was my helper, my Azar. Because he saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. Exodus 184: Helpmate, one who delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh, rescued me out of sure destruction. What I could not do for myself, my Azer came in and delivered me out. That's what is called of our wives. Our Azer. In Deuteronomy 33, beginning in verse 26, and you may want to turn there in your scriptures. There is none like the God of Jeshurun, who rides the heavens to your help. There is none like our God who is active and comes to our Help as an azer. One who is actively involved in this adventure and in this journey and this amazing uh, just life experience full of trial and tribulation. There is none like our God who comes as our azer, actively involved. That's what's said of wife. She is our helpmate, like God is in the one who is actively involved. And through the skies in his majesty, the eternal God is a dwelling place, a refuge like a lion's den, protected from, safe harbor, strong. He drove out the enemy before you. Underneath are the everlasting arms of our God. There is security there. Helpmate. My wife is that. 18 years I've been part of this church. 16 pastor in here. You know what? I love this body. But there are times when it is hard to be a pastor. It's hard to be a shepherd. And there are times... When we take incredible hits, part of that's the enemy, part of that's just our flesh and our selfishness, and we it's hard. And there has been times throughout this journey of mine where I've just said, enough. Kina, I'm just gonna go work in the world. I know I can do business, done it before. I'm out. Enough. And she has ridden in. Riding in the heavens as an azer in strength and in defense and in security and in pulling me out of a place that was dark has reminded me of who God is in my life. She has saved me out of a place where the enemy was just saying, You can't do it, Rod. You're not good enough. You can't live up to the expectations. You fool yourself. You're a wretched sinner yourself. How dare you be a pastor? And she had pulled me out of that and literally rescued me out of a place that was destructive and could have caused incredible damage to me. God created woman in His image and he created wife as helpmate, as Azer. Men, may you never hold back who your wives are made to be in your pride, thinking that you've got it all figured out. May you never hold her back from coming along your side where she's supposed to be as an Azer, as a helpmate to deliver, to save you from, to be a place of refuge thinking that you've got to be man and be strong. You destroy her image of God when you act in your pride and hold her from loving you that way. And woman, may you never forget your role, your beautiful, God-given creation of who you are. Your oneness, your oneness is right there by your side. And then so God, as He realizes His creation and He creates the covenant of marriage, it's interesting here in these verses, He switches His name, God does, from Elohim, remember which was in the plural for Creator, to Yahweh. Yahweh is always known as covenant God, one who is making a covenant And he is making the covenant of marriage. And he is making the covenant that we will see later in Genesis between mankind and himself. But he becomes covenant God as he creates marriage. Do not miss the value and the power of covenant. And they enter in and he says again, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And Moses says, this is why a man... And women shall leave their mother and father and cleave to one another, and they shall become one together. He does not create parents. God does not create children. He creates wife. He creates the one who is now your new family. And that is your main priority. And the Hebrew is very clear that they come together. The the Hebrew is Elmer's. They are glued together, literally. That is the Hebrew. They are stuck together in the covenant God creation. He has made you to be stuck together. You are not to break that apart. I have fashioned, I have made, while you were sleeping, all of this for you that you would rejoice in your creation of wife, that you would rejoice in the covenant of marriage, and now the two shall leave again. You know what? Parents are great. Children are fantastic. But you and your wife, that's your main focus. Children see God as you love each other well in your marriage. Mom and dad, sure, have dinner with them and stuff like that. Enjoy that relationship. But you better leave that. That is not your family anymore. Truly, that is not your main family. Your main family is your husband, your wife. You begin your journey together, glued as family now. Your oneness. And together you begin, and as they stand naked and unashamed the reason they're unashamed in that image is not only just without clothing, but they are able now to pour their lives out to one another. I am able to share with you all of who I am. I have no fear that you're going to take what I have given to you and just trample upon it. Because you're my oneness. You're my completion that God has given to me. And so let us share our hearts with each other, with no fear that we will not have shame in our lives together. This is the beginning of marriage. From the beginning of time, God intended it. God created it. And he blessed us with it. And that's why in Matthew 19, he says, I have brought them together as one. And what God has brought together. No man should separate. Amen? Father, we come before you this morning thankful for your heart for us. Thankful, Father, that you meet us at a place where we, again, have just incredible longing, and and you know our needs, and you know our desire, and Father, I pray for those who are single in this body, who are, again, just longing to be joined together with another. I pray that You would give them strength to rest in You and that You would meet their heart needs right now. I pray for those who are covenanted together in marriage, Lord, that You would continue to just have that glue hold strong. May we realize the gift of each other In this marriage, may we be thankful in all that you have given us. And we just acknowledge you, Father, as the giver of marriage, the gift to us, the giver of lives to one another, and that you are our Lord, and that we acknowledge you in all these things. Father, bless these marriages in this body, I pray. In your precious name, amen.